LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Slightly different programme this morning, as you can imagine. Four minutes past four, the, the death of a colossus. And yesterday I was only reading on the programme a, a quote from one of the members of the family saying he's very frail and uh, the end is not far away. And then during the film, during the screening, unbelievable, unbelievable, Nelson Mandela passes away. The man who, who taught the world the meaning of forgiveness, dead at 95. My God, I was talking to my driver this morning, what that man crammed into his lifestyle. He almost had three lives. It was his life before he was imprisoned. Uh, then the, and I remember, I'm old enough to remember all the demonstrations at South Africa House. There were people there every single day. And you've heard people talking on LBC this morning about the racism that many of them experienced. And uh, so the moment he was, it was so strange for Londoners because the moment he was freed from prison, the demonstrators disappeared. They were all there in, in support of Nelson Mandela. And, and he gave so much. You've heard his. Uh, his talking this morning about his, his love of children and what he did for children. You can only hope, can't you, that the legacy that he left will be continued. Because nobody knew what was going to happen after Mandela died. Nobody knew. They're two, uh, two hours ahead of us, I think, uh, over there. There is a timetable of what will happen to him. There will be the traditional lying in state. He will be accorded a, a massive funeral. I think it's going to bring just millions and millions of people out on the streets. I want to go back on the programme this morning. Uh, because I know lots of you tune in at four o'clock, and so you'll have heard the news. I heard the news at half past one, because I always go online and sort of just quickly check, and there happen to be lots of emails saying Mandela, so I, I learned then. You might just have woken up now and not known that he died. In the middle of the film, they, they wanted the film to carry on screening, so they, they made the announcement at the end of the film. I mean, you can imagine what that must have been for the, for the people in the audience. So we'll have quotes from, from people who were there, and we'll have lots of clips as well. Uh, Jacob Zuma made the president, uh, sorry, made the uh, made the announcement. He said he passed away peacefully at his home, surrounded by his family. And this was the moment he announced his death. Fellow South Africans, our beloved Nelson Holihlahla Mandela, the founding president of our democratic nation, has departed. He passed on peacefully in the company of his family around 2050 on the 5th of December 2013. He is now resting. He is now at peace. Our nation has lost its greatest son. Our people have lost a father. Although we knew that this day would come, nothing can diminish our sense of a profound and enduring loss. His tireless struggle for freedom and him the respect of the world. His humility, his compassion, and his 
humanity and him their love. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Mandela family. To them we owe a debt of gratitude. They have sacrificed much and enjoyed much so that our people could be free. Our thoughts are with his wife, Mrs. Grasha Michelle, his former wife, Miss Winnie Matigizela Mandela, with his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and the entire family. Our thoughts are with his friends, comrades, and colleagues who fought alongside Madiba over the cause of a lifetime of struggle. Our thoughts are with the South African people who today mourn the loss of the one person who more than any other came to embody their sense of a common nationhood. Our thoughts are with the millions of people across the world who embraced Matiba as their own and who saw his cause as their cause. This is the moment of our deepest sorrow. Our nation has lost its greatest son. Yet, what made Nelson Mandela great was precisely what made him human. We saw in him what we seek in ourselves. And in him we saw so much of ourselves. Fellow South Africans, Nelson Mandela brought us together and it is together that we will bid him farewell. Our beloved Matiba will be accorded a state funeral. I have ordered that all flags of the Republic of South Africa be lowered to half-mast from tomorrow, 6 December, and to remain at half-mast until after the funeral. As we gather to pay our last respects, let us conduct ourselves with the dignity and respect that Matiba 
personified. Let us be mindful of his wishes and the wishes of his family. As we gather wherever we are in the country and wherever we are in the world, let us recall the values for which Madiba fought. Let us reaffirm his vision of a society in which none is exploited, oppressed, or dispossessed by another. Let us commit ourselves to strive together, sparing neither strength nor courage, to build a united, non-racial, non-sexist, democratic and prosperous South Africa. Let us express each in our own way the deep gratitude we feel for a life spent in service of the people of this country and in the cause of humanity. That is indeed the moment of our deepest sorrow. Yet it must also be the moment of our greatest determination. A determination to live as Madiba has lived, to strive as he has strived, and to not rest until we have realized his vision of a truly united South Africa, a peaceful and pros prosperous Africa, and a better world. We will always love you, Matiba. May your soul rest in peace. God bless Africa. I thank you. It's very touching, isn't it? Very, very touching. It's, uh, it, was, it was sort of expected, and then when it happens, you can't quite believe it. If you're of a certain age, you will know everything about Nelson Mandela. He is well documented, and in a moment... Uh, we'll just go back because uh, the news broke, I think, at the end of Clive Bull show last night. So Anthony Davis uh, picked up and had uh, lots of guests. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to Lisa Aziz in a moment, who, who I think, if I remember correctly, covered his uh, release for TVAM when she was there. So that we'll come back to in a moment on LBC. Don't forget, Nick Ferrari and the team this morning will be continuing with the uh, tributes which are pouring in around the world for Nelson Mandela, who uh, died... Yesterday, uh, looking at the papers this morning for Nickleby Rachel Jane, deputy editor of the Sunday Express. Ironically, it's the Express this morning and the Daily Star that don't have any coverage on the front page of the death of Nelson Mandela. Instead, they're dealing with the appalling weather up and down the country, which we'll come around to a little bit later on this morning. Plus, we'll also have uh, memories. A lot of people have written in to me with their memories of Nelson Mandela, including 
some good friends of ours over in France. But it was it was interesting last night to hear Lisa Aziz. She was on with Anthony Davis because uh, if you remember, she was working at TVAM uh, and she covered the uh, the visit of Nelson Mandela to the UK. And also, she went to see his cell over on Robin Island. That uh, Sunday in February 1990, an incredibly long Sunday, and, uh, you know, just watching the, the news coverage tonight and listening to Tom there, listening to yourself, Anthony, just uh, that flood of memories coming back, quite extraordinary. That, that Indeed, that was his long walk to freedom, hand in hand with his former wife, Winnie, of course, and all those memories came came back to me, and it was a, it was a wonderful moment, and... Uh, Oh, dear, very sad to hear the news tonight. Honestly, I cut um, also in 96, the big state visit when he was invited by the Queen to come to come to Britain, of course, and the, the scenes of jubilation all round in Trafalgar Square at the various concerts when he went to Brixton, when he met Doreen Lawrence, um, and to cover that visit was a great joy. And I was incredibly lucky, actually, because uh, we obviously at Sky, I was at Sky then as an anchor, and uh, we had this rolling coverage, and uh, it was a wonderful honour to be part of that, but I was incredibly lucky in that I happened to know for years one of his aides um, in the ANC, and um, he came to see me one evening after the Queen had held this magnificent banquet, and he said, Lisa, I've got a gift for you. I said, oh, goodness me, um, you know, oh, what is it, a trinket, being very selfish, and he said, no, um, he said he won, and he handed over this very, quite an ornate bag, and I said, oh, this is, this is very heavy, and he said, it's a book, and I went, a book? took the book out, and it was uh, Long Walk to Freedom. And then I said, uh, oh, this is, you know, this is fantastic. What a wonderful marking of the visit. And he said, no, you need to open it, open the front flap. And um, in there, uh, he said to Lisa Aziz, I wanted to give you this book to thank you for covering my visit in such positive terms. And then he signed it and dated it in April '96. And then I said, um, goodness, I'm very lucky. How many has he signed? He must have spent all day. And he went, no, Lisa, he signed six. And let me just say, two others. One was for the Queen, one was for Prince Charles, uh, oh, and John Major and myself, and then two others. And I have kept that book in my safe. Well, um, and I'm not surprised. obviously a long walk to freedom. Indeed. And um, knowing that that premiere was tonight, um, and the irony of that, as you say, just absolutely not lost on anyone... Um, I'd actually taken the book out, um, and then, then, then we got this news. So very, very sad. But I've, I've had wonderful memories of covering his visits um, and hearing from this, the people um, very close to him um, about the, uh, uh, how, you know, w- what an extraordinary man he was. Indeed. And then um, several years ago, I went to South Africa, went with my father, and we uh, again went to visit um, AIDS of Mandela, um, ANC AIDS, and uh, we were given a, a private tour of Robin Island, and we sat for many minutes in his cell, and it is incredibly moving. Uh, the, the sort of the terrain, the territory there, very harsh because it's it's an island. The walls are very low. The courtyard is very stark. The cell is very stark. It's very small, um, and some of the warders who were with Mandela, they do that tour, and you are able actually to talk to them about him and when he was Goodness. incarcerated That must there. be very chilling to, to actually uh, have those chilling. very people, yes. And, and also, because, because it's an island and it's flat, the heat just absolutely beats down and you can just, 
you can only imagine what this man went through for, for decade after decade uh, there and obviously in another prison. Unbelievable. When you hear back from people who've actually been in the place, uh, it, it just brings it more home to you, doesn't it? As I say, you've got to be of a certain age to appreciate just what Nelson Mandela achieved and how many people's lives he touched. And just to have been in the cell on Robin Island for Lisa Aziz was enough, and to talk to the people who had been there with him. Very, very interesting. Actually, I have, I have another memory for you now, because I got an email yesterday from uh, Bryn Williams... And Annie. Now, you know, Bryn is a, is a Toastmaster. And, and at the back of my mind, actually, I remember thinking yesterday, that's odd, because I'm sure that there's a picture in Bryn's book, which is Red Tails in the Sunset, because he wears red tails, uh, of him with Nelson Mandela. And he wrote me uh, an email. He says, we were devastated to learn of the passing of that great, wonderful and astounding man, Mr Nelson Mandela. But recall with great pride and humility the time that we met him privately and sat with him for 15 minutes and just chatted. The former, this is how it came about, the former president of the African National Congress, Oliver Tambow, lived in a suburban house in Muswell Hill in North London, less than a mile away from our home. I was friendly with his son, Dali Tambo, who'd arranged a small, extremely private party and get-together for about 60 or so very famous people, and he asked me to take control. Mr Mandela had only been in the UK for a few days, so it was going to be a quiet welcome gathering. Catering was a difficulty for their very inexperienced ladies, but uh, Annie came to the house, this is Bryn's wife, and took charge. President of the ANC, Oliver Tambow, was a very sick gentleman and had to remain in bed. During the day, she took food to his room, fed him. He was charming, delightful and most grateful. Mandela arrived early at the house and came and sat in the drawing room, quietly by himself. He'd been released from prison but a few weeks, and this was his first meeting of important and highly influential people from all walks of life. But he just sat there with an orange juice and Annie and I joined him and simply talked about him and his life. It's a memory we both treasure very highly indeed. There was not one thought or word of bitterness or hatred throughout his whole demeanour. He simply loved everyone. And of the thousands of famous people I met in my 62-year career, there can be no doubt that he was by far the most memorable, deeply loved and respected worldwide legend that I'd ever been honoured to meet. A kind, generous, loving, caring, forgiving, sweet and gentle gentleman to talk to. And he made Annie and I feel we were the most important people in the world. And I can't think of enough beautiful words to describe this remarkable angel of mercy with whom we shared just a few precious minutes of his time. Our few words of praise for this great man will pale into insignificance against the millions of wiser tributes which will be showered upon him by others. But none of them can replace the wonderful feeling that we both felt and treasured at the moment when we had the adorable Nelson Mandela to ourselves for 15 unforgettable minutes. He says, I hope you can fit this story in somewhere as there can be very few of your super audience who can claim the same great fortune and privilege and may... Uh, and may wish to have the views of two very ordinary people aired. Well, you're not ordinary. You met Nelson Mandela. That's one up on me. I never met Nelson Mandela. I'd love to have met Nelson Mandela. There's certain people that you'd like to meet, and because I was talking to my driver this morning, and we were saying he's crammed so many things into so many different lives. His, you know, he was a radical before he was in prison, so he had his first life. Then he spent 27 years in prison. Then he came out, and he got to be, he got to be president of South Africa. He got to be president of Sam. Everybody who ever met him was touched by him. There's no two ways about it. He had some gift 
that sort of emanated through his whole countenance. I can't really put my finger on it. But everybody, even down to Alan Titchmarsh, who turned up when I'm quite sure Nelson Mandela didn't have the faintest idea what ground force was. And they decided to make him a, a guard, a small tribute, a small tribute from, from the people of, of the world to, uh, to such a great man and to live for such a great time. If you remember, it was only six months ago, we were writing him off. We go, well, he's gone into hospital, you know, the end is not far away, and then blow us all down, back he bounced, back he came. And, uh, and I, th- I thought, well, then he must have been touched by the hand of God. Then he became very frail, and it was yesterday that we thought things were taking a, a turn for the worse. But to die during the film premiere in London, but true to their words, because somebody had said, do you want us to halt the film? He said, no, no, run, run the film, run the film. And so at the very end of the film, then they made the announcement, and that's when people just burst into tears, because you've just seen this great man's life, and then to be told at the end, he passed during the passing of that film. And so uh, that's why this programme this morning will be somewhat different from the usual fare that you're expecting, and, uh, and I hope that you, you crave our indulgence on this one, because to, uh, to pay tribute to this man, and so many people want to come out and pay tribute to him, so many people, you know, it's, it's, they're banging down the doors to say something nice, people who met him, people who were touched by him like Bryn and Annie, and it left a profound effect on them. We've all done something, haven't we, in our life, where something has had an effect on you, and you remember it. For many of you, it'll be the death of Winston Churchill. You'll remember where you were. Many of you will remember what you were doing when the death of Nelson Mandela was announced and the, and the nice things that, that people say about him. I mean, the ANC have issued a statement, the Nigerian president, good luck, Jonathan, has made a, a statement. We've had uh, Barack Obama, uh, Ban Ki-moon, Benjamin Netanyahu, George Bush, former US President Jimmy Carter. You'll be hearing most of them this morning on LBC 97.3 as we, in our own small way, pay tribute to a, a fantastic man. And that's the way that the papers look at it this morning. The, the death of a colossus say the Daily Mail, I don't think it actually gets any bigger than a colossus. The Sun, Mandela dead, the anti-apartheid warrior losing his final battle. 1918-2013. It's LBC 97.3. This is Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, and the time now, 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Certainly, it's 25 minutes to five, a somewhat different programme this morning, as I knew it would be when I woke up and heard the news that Nelson Mandela had passed away yesterday at the age of 95. And it's in, it's in tribute to a man who did so much for a country that he so adored. He did so much for the people there, so much to, uh, to end the discrimination. I'm not saying it's perfect. Nobody ever said it was perfect, but he made a difference. I think the state funeral will bring millions onto the streets. I think around the world people will be gripped and uh, his book will be reprinted time and time again and people want to know more about the legacy that he left because he just, he just made a difference. He made a difference in a country that hadn't had a difference made to it for ages. The day he became the president of South Africa was the day black people everywhere stood up and cheered and whooped and hollered and did all the right things. And to see the, the pictures on the television now, South Africa's about two hours ahead of us and uh, they've been outside there it's all very peaceful people are celebrating the life of a man who changed a lot of people's lives i just hope that that people can go forward with what was his vision president barack obama paid tribute to the former south african president and said he's one of millions that drew inspiration from nelson mandela 
Nelson Mandela closed his statement from the dock saying, I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. And Nelson Mandela lived for that ideal, and he made it real. He achieved more than could be expected of any man. And today he's gone home. And we've lost one of the most influential, courageous, and profoundly good human beings that any of us will share time with on this earth. It is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. And Nelson Mandela lived for that ideal, and he made it real. He achieved more than could be expected of any man. And today he's gone home. And we've lost one of the most influential, courageous, and profoundly good human beings that any of us will share time with on this earth. He no longer belongs to us. He belongs to the ages. Through his fierce dignity and unbending will to sacrifice his own freedom for the freedom of others, Madiba transformed South Africa and moved all of us. His journey from a prisoner to a president embodied the promise that human beings and countries can change for the better. His commitment to transfer power and reconcile with those who jailed him set an example that all humanity should aspire to, whether in the lives of nations or our own personal lives. And the fact that he did it all with grace and good humor and an ability to acknowledge his own imperfections only makes the man that much more remarkable. As he once said, I'm not a saint unless you think of a saint as a sinner who keeps on trying. I am one of the countless millions who drew inspiration from Nelson Mandela's life. My very first political action, the first thing I ever did that involved an issue or a policy or politics was a protest against apartheid. I would study his words and his writings. The day he was released from prison, gave me a sense of what human beings can do when they're guided by their hopes and not by their fears. And like so many around the globe, I cannot fully imagine my own life without the example that Nelson Mandela set. And so long uh, as I live, I will do what I can to learn from him. To Gracia Michelle and his family, uh, Michelle and I extend our deepest sympathy and gratitude for sharing this extraordinary man with us. His life's work meant long days away from those who loved him most. And I only hope that the time spent with him these last few weeks brought peace and comfort to his family. To the people of South Africa, we draw strength from the example of renewal and reconciliation and resilience that you made real. A free South Africa at peace with itself. That's an example to the world.
And that's Madiba's legacy to the nation that he loved. We will not likely see the likes of Nelson Mandela again. So it falls to us as best we can to for the example that he set to make decisions guided not by hate but by love to never discount the difference that one person can make to strive for a future that is worthy of his sacrifice for now let us pause and give thanks for the fact that Nelson Mandela lived a man who took history in his hands and bent the arc of the moral universe towards justice. May God bless his memory and keep him in peace. The uh, American President Barack Obama talking there about uh, Nelson Mandela. It's, he's quite right when he says you won't ever see his like again. He is from a he's from another generation. David Cameron has led tribute saying a great light has gone out in the world. The flag at number 10 will be flown at half-mast and uh, the MPs will have a chance to uh, to give their tributes to Mandela in the House of Commons on Monday. Tony Blair, former Prime Minister, said the political leader was a great man who had made racism not just immoral but stupid. He was a unique political figure at a unique moment in history. Through his leadership, he guided the world into a new era of politics in which black and white, developing and developed north and south, despite all the huge differences in wealth and opportunity, stood for the first time together on equal terms. I worked with him closely, he said, and remember well his visits to Downing Street. He was a wonderful man to be around, a sharp wit, extraordinary political savvy and a lovely way of charming everybody in the building, which is exactly what Bryn and Annie said. You know, if you, they were in his company for only 15 minutes and he had such a lasting effect on them. Oh, that we could all be in the company of somebody who had such a lasting effect in only, in only 15 minutes. Through his dignity, his grace, said Tony Blair, and the quality of his forgiveness, he made racism everywhere, not just immoral but stupid, something not only to be disagreed with but to be despised in its place. He put the inalienable right of all humankind to be free and to be equal. He was a great man, a great leader, and the world's most powerful symbol of reconciliation, hope and progress. Labour leader Ed Miliband called his work to unite South Africa in the face of personal hardship and oppression extraordinary. He said the world has lost the inspirational figure of our age. Nelson Mandela taught people across the globe the true meaning of courage, strength, hope and reconciliation, from campaigner to prisoner to president to global hero. Nelson Mandela will always be remembered for his dignity, his integrity and his values of equality and justice. He was an activist who became a president and a president who always remained an activist. Right to the end of his life, he reminded the richest nations of the world of their responsibility to the poorest. Above all, he showed us the power of people in the cause of justice to overcome the mightiest obstacles. He moved the world, and the world will miss him deeply. During the struggle against apartheid, the Labour Party was proud to stand with the people of South Africa in solidarity. Today, we stand with the people of South Africa in mourning. William Hague, the Foreign Secretary, paid tribute to Mr Mandela, saying, it was with great sadness that I learnt of the death of Nelson Mandela, one of the greatest moral and political leaders of our time. His life story is a compelling and inspiringly profound political journey, an international icon and inspiration to millions. His appeal transcended race, religion and class. He was at once a leader of immense character and strength and a man closely attuned to the needs of his people. And the tributes continue to pour in 
to Nelson Mandela. In a moment, we'll hear uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson. He was speaking last night to Anthony Davis, and you'll hear that after this. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's a, it's a different programme this morning. It's with a, a heavy heart that we, uh, that we bring you the news that Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 95 during the showing of, of his film and the premiere in Leicester Square last night. Uh, the person who broke the news on LBC was Clive Bull, just at the end of his programme. So Anthony Davis, who follows Clive, uh, was the one who uh, was speaking to all the people. We heard from Lisa Aziz earlier on, who was at TVAM, uh, when he came back to this country. She also went out to Robin Island, sat in his cell for a few minutes. I mean, it's something, you know, that you can, you can only recall with great sadness and sorrow, but at the same time, great pride. Uh, this is what the Reverend Jesse Jackson said to Anthony last night as he paid his respects to Nelson Mandela. Has been gravely ill for some time. It's nonetheless, it's a loss of great pain. There's a time to weep, to mourn, to cry, and to be sure people are roll over mourning right now. We're also, time to say thanks for an example of the power of sacrificial suffering service. One who suffered for a goal higher than himself, more people than himself. Um, at the point of real decision. Uh, when he could have torn that society up in retribution, he chose reconciliation over retribution. And therein lies his real greatness. Not just that he suffered, but he chose reconciliation over retribution. I was in South Africa in 1979. got in by chance, met members of his family way back then, the one in, Mandela and others. Um, and I was there in the 1990 when he was freed from jail from Robin Island. And so I've known him across these years, so it, it's, it's a source of great pain. And when was the last time you saw Mr. Mandela? About, about two years ago. Because his health has deteriorated significantly recently. Um, I, I, I met him at his home. Yes. And um, at his foundation in Johannesburg, and we spent... And so the more time together at that time, his hearing was uh, going at that time, and his mind remained sharp to the very end. And uh, on this night, how do you feel the uh, people of South Africa will be uh, reacting? What do you think the, uh, surely, the action surely, will be there? Surely they mourn. They mourn because of the depth of their loss. But he has given them a roadmap of how to build a great society. The fact he chose to go forward by hope and healing and not backwards by hurt and hostility. The fact that he chose coexistence of the races over co-annihilation, those examples will endure in building a greater South Africa. And how did he support you in your work as a, as a civil rights activist? Well, he came to the States and we spent time together. He traveled around the country inspiring people to register to vote. But more than that, and that was very important, he also inspired people to his example. We spent so much time uh, going to jail and marching and demonstrating and trying to get with universities to withdraw their investment in South Africa. And finally, our government did make a decision to withdraw and uh, impose sanctions on South Africa. That was a lot of battle. And yet this suffering servant endured it all and emerged on a very positive and high redemptive note. 
Reverend okay. Jesse Jackson talking there to Auntie Davis. It was. It was uh, I'll just give you the background to the story. We got Keith Vaz on the phone, and Keith Vaz happened to say, "Oh, I'm with the Reverend Jesse Jackson." So Anthony quite quite rightly seized the moment and said, "Give give us the phone to him." The former London mayor and anti-apartheid campaigner campaigner Ken Livingstone was also speaking to LBC ninety seven point point three last night to pay his particular tribute. It's really amazing to hear that clip from when we unveiled the statue to him. I, I mean, of all the politicians I've met who've had real power, he was the one who seemed the least affected by it. He remained just a, an ordinary, decent person. He didn't expect people to sort of suck up to him or, you know, panned around him. He just remained. Uh, I mean, the most amazing one. I think actually the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. David Cameron has released a uh, short statement tonight. He said, uh, a great light has gone out in the world. Nelson Mandela was a hero of our time, and I've asked for the flag at number 10 to be flown at half-mast. Yeah, and, it's, and everyone is now going to pitch in and say this most wonderful person, but I, mean, I can remember I was in my late teens when he was in prison. The following year, the white regime in South Africa declared, in Rhodesia declared independence. We all now venerate Nelson Mandela, but 50 years ago, it was, I can recall, terrible rows amongst my friends, people I work with, saying, well, you can't expect white people to live under a black government. Here we are 50 years on, we've got a black president of the United States of America. It's a very different world from the one I grew up in. And indeed, for Barack Obama, of course, when, when he uh, won his, the presidential election, he, he praised Nelson Mandela. I mean, it was one of the, f- the first people for him that came to mind. He, uh, his great inspiration as a political leader. And he, he was totally inspiration. I mean, what the, he, when he was released, he came to London, he, he came to Brent. And I, I remember he was one of the first people to come in. I mean, this sounds a little bit like a diversion of the great politics, but when... We decided to bid for the Olympic Games. He came in and supported London. And that was because, I mean, I think very much, all the way through, all the long years of his imprisonment, people in London were demonstrating for him to be released. Black and white Londoners, you had that long, I mean, about several years, people sitting on the, the pavement outside South Africa House when it was still the white racist regime protesting. I mean, even though we were the heart of the old British Empire, there were Londoners always protesting and demanding that you know he should be released and that there should be a a, a free country in South Africa. Uh, the irony tonight is that uh, the film of his life has been premiering here in in Leicester Square. Um, so he has been front of mind for for many hundreds of people uh, tonight uh, of all nights for this uh, for this tragic news. It's not news that we weren't expecting, and we certainly heard earlier this evening that uh, he, his family were were at his bedside. But for it to be announced tonight, as it was by Jacob Zuma, this is a significant event. Oh, it's significant because, as I you look back at over the last hundred years, there are so few politicians who stand up there. I mean, Winston Churchill with the crucial decision to defeat the Nazis rather than surrender in 1940, Roosevelt lifting America out of the Great Depression. I think he is up there in the handful of great leaders of the last hundred years. And for, for young people who may be listening, who, who know the name but don't know the significance of Nelson Mandela, I mean, what legacy will he li- leave 
for the for the political classes, indeed, as well as for the great people, not just of his land, but of wow. ours. I think, just think about this. I can't remember now, was he in prison for 23 years or 28 years? 27 years. Conf 27 years. Confined to a cell on his own. Can you imagine how many people on the face of this planet could be in prison for 27 years, in solitary confinement, and then come out and unite not just the people who supported him, but the people who'd done everything to destroy him. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it's hard to imagine. I, I, I cannot believe if I'd been in prison by the Tories for 27 years, I'd have come out and said, no, I want to embrace you all. No, I want, I want to kill them. It's, it's said, Ken, that um, Mandela was the unofficial president of the world, and it, it crossed the religious boundaries as well as social boundaries yeah. and certainly uh, nation and uh, national boundaries. So uh, just explain how you feel this news will ricochet around the world. I think it will ricochet around the fact here is I mean, an example of absolute human greatness. This is the best we could expect from any political or national leader. And everybody else, for the rest of time, is going to be judged against what he did and what he achieved. And to talk about someone in those terms sounds, you know, like lifting them up. But when you met him as a person, he was just a normal, humble, really nice guy to be with. I, it's very difficult to imagine someone having that influence, that power, but remaining truly human. That's what everybody said, isn't it, about uh, Nelson Mandela. He was human. He was, he was a person who touched many people's lives. And there's not many can say that, apart from the almighty himself. Ken Livingstone paying his tribute last night with Anthony Davis on LBC 97.3. Just before we hit the news at five o'clock this morning, if you have just joined us, thank you for joining us. Slightly different programme this morning. We find actually it's an understatement. It's a very different programme this morning, as indeed you would expect it to be. There is also no free podcast later on. There will be, though. Uh, there's also no clips this morning of In Conversation. So I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. That's on Sunday morning. And we'll have the best of Steve Allen. But the, the papers are all covering the death of the, of the Colossus, as they call him, the death of Nelson Mandela, the man who taught the world the meaning of forgiveness. It's amazing, actually. No, no bitterness. That's what Annie and, and Bryn said, and everybody else has said the same thing. 27 years in prison. No bitterness. No bitterness. You'd think that he would have harboured so much hatred and things like that, but there was none of that at all. But I do remember so well the demonstrations down at South Africa House, the people who were there day in, day out, year in, year out. And uh, they are this morning lighting candles for Nelson Mandela down in Parliament Square, where his uh, statue is at the back. So if you go down there, there are candles lit and people are holding their, their own visuals uh, for him. Uh, a lot of people saying, you know, he was, uh, he was just a, a fantastic person. It's nice to hear so many people saying nice things about somebody. It's great, isn't it? At the end of your life, you often, we've often joked on the programme and said before, you know, when people have said nice things about somebody, you say it's such a shame that uh, they're not alive to hear them. But, of course, he did hear nice things about him during his lifetime. He never heard anything that was, that, that was derogatory about him. People just wanted to be touched by Nelson Mandela. He was a... Uh, uh, an, an icon, and and touched so many many people. Um, another one here uh, from Sophie says I've never heard such beautiful tributes. And Maria says I cried when I heard the news. In the age where we idolise highly paid footballers and their spoiled pampered wags and zedless celebrities, I find it comforting the world has stopped to take the time to acknowledge this man. 
Um, yes. That's exactly right. It's exactly the way that it is. Uh, and there are a lot... I mean, I make my living through, uh, through looking at third-rate celebrities and Z-list celebrities. The same cannot be said for this morning. I'll give you the uh, weather, incidentally, just before we head to the news at uh, five o'clock. Because uh, in some parts of the country, they're experiencing absolute terrible conditions. Down here in London, it's cloudy with some sunny spells today. Currently six centigrade, and that's the temperature you'll get all day. Tonight, cloudy, but should remain dry. Uh, tomorrow, dry and cloudy. Sunday, dry again, cloudy. Uh, the high eight degrees. Monday, dry again. And Tuesday, dry with the odd sunny spell. None of this uh, snow which we were promised yesterday. Although it did at one point turn particularly bad. The weather, it went very dark yesterday. I thought, oh, oh dear, here we go. Here we go. So, uh, luckily, we didn't get anything. We didn't get anything at all. And Tony is living down in Johannesburg. He says, we saw the film last week. This is Mandela's film, uh, as it was released earlier here. Can I urge people to go and see it? Truly a great film of a great man. All the tributes are in all the papers this morning. Uh, the Daily Express is concentrating, because I think they must have printed early yesterday. So they've done the, the, the worst flooding that we've had for 60 years in the United Kingdom. 142-mile-an-hour storm wreaking havoc. The, uh, the Daily Mirror, Nelson Mandela dead. He dies at home. There is um, a list of what's going to be happening to him. There will be the lying in state. He will have a state funeral. I don't know if it's going to be an open coffin. I'm assuming it will be for lying in state. So I'll run through that, the other side of the news, and we'll be hearing from other people whose lives he touched. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Friday morning. You wake up to the news that Nelson Mandela has died at the age of 95. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Five minutes past five, and we're celebrating the life of Nelson Mandela, who died yesterday at the age of 95. Jacob Zuma, a moment of our deepest sorrow. There is a, a list of all the events which are taking place uh, for, the, uh, for the big state funeral that they're going to have. Um, his body will be moved to the military hospital in Pretoria, that'll be day one. Uh, then there'll be a special parliamentary session on day two in Cape Town. There'll be a condolence book, or I'm assuming books, which will be opened internationally. Uh, day four, there will be a memorial service at the FNB Stadium in Soweto. Uh, the body will not be at the service. It's a service for the people. Uh, between day five and seven... His body will be moved to the Union Building in Pretoria for the lying in state, and the first heads of state will then start arriving. Uh, on day eight, uh, the body will go to the uh, Waterkloof Air Base in Pretoria, uh, and then Mandela House for some overnight visuals, and then there will be a burial in uh, the Mandela compound for 450 guests. So I'm assuming that will be the, the private side of it, but I'm assuming it will be filmed and uh, the footage will be shown around the world. Since the news was announced last night, LBC has spoken to the good and to the great. And, of course, uh, we were covering the premiere of the film, which took place right next to our building here in Leicester Square last night. During the showing of that film, it was announced that Nelson had died, but they held off the uh, full announcement of his death until the very end of the film, by which time some people were so visibly moved by the film itself it just sort of compounded the uh, the sorrow. I know that his his daughter was there and had been asked, you know, how is he? And she said, he's fine, he's fine. Uh, Lord Paul Boateng, 
was spoken to this morning on LBC by Duncan Barks on his overnight programme. Lord Boateng, as you know, is a former Labour MP and the British High Commissioner to South Africa from 2005-2009. Duncan first asked where Lord Boateng was when he found out about the news of Mandela's passing. I was at the premiere of his life, Mandela, long walk to freedom this evening when the news came through and there was just this sense of loss, a profound sense of loss. But at the same time, there was just this overwhelming feeling of gratitude for a life well lived that has been transformative, not only in South Africa, but through the strength of his vision uh, globally. He is someone who is able to invoke hope out of despair, who gives us all a sense that we can do better, that it can be done, and that bridges can be built between seemingly irreconcilable peoples and circumstances which seem bereft of hope. So, gratitude above all for a life well lived. You were in the premiere earlier. How how did people react once this news started to spread? I think it's true to say that a number of us were weeping. Uh, There was everywhere a sense of of grief and loss. Uh, But it was at the same time uh, tinged by that sense that he always gave Nelson Mandela and I was privileged to work with him as a young man, as a young activist in the anti-apartheid movement in the World Council of Churches, but then as a cabinet minister and high commissioner to have the opportunity of working with him. And you never ever left his presence without a sense of upliftment. And oddly enough, as we left the cinema, uh, we had this sense, yes, of of loss and, of course, grief. But we have been uplifted by contact with him, whether in real life, in celluloid, just the, the impact of this man, his moral uh, strength, his capacity to overcome great hardships, the sacrifice that he and his family, I think that's one thing that is sometimes forgotten. You know, Nelson Mandela was a great man, a towering figure of our time, but he was surrounded by people who loved him, who were determined to keep his memory alive, and a movement that now must live up uh, to his uh, legacy. Uh, That's the challenge, and as people are saying, particularly young people in South Africa tonight, it's in our hands now. It is in our hands, not just in South Africa, but in the world, to learn the lessons that this great man's life teaches us. Would you describe him as one of your heroes? Oh, uh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Uh, so so what, what's ha- it like? He has been, he has been for uh, all my uh, adult uh, 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 life. And as a child, you had this sense. I was living in Africa at the time of Sharpsville. At the, at the time, you had this sense that this was a great man. Uh, don't forget, you know, we all now recognize him for what he, what he is, what he was. Uh, what he remains. But I can remember a time as a young politician in Britain in the late 70s and 80s when he was demonized. Mm. Let's be quite clear about that. He was seen as a dangerous radical. Uh, He was radical. He did believe in armed struggle in the cause of uh, justice. But he was also a man who believed above all else that it was possible for black people, for white people, for us all to live in harmony. And that was something that came about through uh, the, through 
to embracing justice, peace through justice. He fought for justice uh, all his life. He will be an inspiration beyond his life. So undoubtedly one of your heroes, quite understandably. J- just tell me, if, if, if you can, in, in as many words as you'd like to use, what it was like the first time you met a man who is, who is one of your heroes. Uh, I met him at the World Council of Churches in Geneva. Interestingly enough, that was the first place he went to in Europe, Geneva, after his release, release to say uh, thank you to all those people throughout the world in their churches who had come out to support him at a time when many others had given up on him. So you just got this sense that this was a man who you had admired from afar, who you'd stood on picket lines and gone on demonstrations uh, to seek the freedom of. And when you met him, you were never disappointed. You never had a sense that whoever you were, that he had something to say to you. He had the capacity to reach out and touch you. Uh, And that was something that was just so very special. And to see him and his smile, the way he related to children in particular, uh, it's just beyond words to describe uh, what he's meant uh, to so many of us. And I now think uh, we're able to say what he's meant globally, to all peoples, whatever their color, whatever their political belief, whatever their faith, creed, or or age. He overcomes all barriers. I went to South Africa House uh, a little while ago and was just talking to some of the people outside the building there and they're starting to light candles and there's some yes. pictures of Nelson yes, Mandela. And I, and I went around and just asked a few of the people there, I said, I said, for you, what, what will be Nelson Mandela's legacy? And there were two words that were continually used. One was liberty and the other was freedom. What would, what, in your mind, what, what will be his greatest legacy? For me... It's about the power of love. He was a man capable of loving even his most diehard enemies. He taught us that love can transform our world. And in so doing, it can transform the most intractable situations into something that is a cause of hope. The Rainbow Nation, South Africa, gives us all cause to be hopeful about uh, our world. Love can transform individuals, communities, nations, and I believe our world. And he demonstrated that in every fiber of his being. And that will be his legacy, a legacy of love. Love not as a sentiment, but as a strategy. Love as a means of transforming and bringing people uh, together. I loved him. Lord Paul Boateng speaking yesterday to Duncan Barks. Well, this morning, actually, to, to Duncan Barks. I liked that quote. I don't know if anybody else has uh, reminded people of this one from uh, Nelson Mandela's book, Long Walk to Freedom. The quote is, No one is born hating another person because of the colour of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. I have to start rereading the book. I, l- I liked one of his other quotes as well. After climbing a, a great hill, one only finds that there are many more hills to climb. And he was, he was climbing a lot of hills in his life. Tributes uh, for Nelson have flooded in across the world, uh, as it was announced that the first black president of South Africa had died at the age of 95. Uh, our nation has lost a great son, says the president, uh, Jacob Zuma. 
And uh, David Cameron said a great light has gone out in the world while Barack Obama mourned the loss of one of the most influential, courageous and profoundly good human beings that any of us will share time with on this earth. It's LBC 97.3. Time now is quarter past five. Nick Ferrari and the team with you at seven o'clock this morning. He'll also be talking about Nelson Mandela and these storms which have literally threatened the east of England. Uh, looking at the papers today, Rachel Jane, the deputy editor of the Sunday Express, will be live in the studio. All the papers full, with the exception of a couple of them, actually, of Nelson Mandela. The, um, the Times have done a piece on the squabbling within the family, because we reported this on LBC some time ago. They were arguing over where Nelson was going to be buried when he died, because there, there is an industry behind Nelson Mandela, uh, as you know. His, uh, his legacy will be fought over, I should imagine, by various members of the family. He had six children in his life, uh, only three of whom are still alive. That's led to 17 grandchildren and 12 surviving great-grandchildren, as well as four stepchildren from his marriage to uh, Grasa Machel. Uh, his first family, mainly offsprings of the four children, his marriage to Evelyn Massé has always felt mistreated after they divorced in 1958... Apparently, uh, Mr Mandela had moved in with a young Winnie. That f- f- to later become Winnie Mandela, of course. And uh, so they say now that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of fighting over his legacy and over the, uh, the industry. His signature worth millions. His face is everywhere, I think, from banknotes to church windows. Uh, even without any official endorsement, they've got souvenirs and political histories and heirlooms, all sorts of things coming up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And the, uh, the celebration of his life continues in South Africa. They're two hours ahead of us. Two hours ahead of us. Uh, last night, LBC uh, put the good and the great on, all talking about uh, just what a, an impact if you were lucky enough to have met Nelson Mandela, he had on your life. The Labour MP for East Renfrewshire, Jim Murphy, spoke to Duncan Barks this morning. Now, Jim, as you know, or you probably don't know, grew up in South Africa during apartheid and gave his opinions about Mandela's death. I lived in South Africa during apartheid. I grew up there all my teenage years um, were there. And each day I could see as a a youngster when I would go to Germany school from a whites-only area on a whites-only bus to a whites-only school. I could see um, every morning Robin Island, where obviously um, Nelson Mandela was in prison. So it's astonishing to think that the man that was locked away for just so, all those years came out of prison free from any desire for revenge or recrimination. He didn't hold any grudges against anyone, and he just went from allegedly in the South African the government's mind the most dangerous man in the country to mean the most inspiring man in the world. We had Ken Livingstone on this radio station earlier who said if he'd been in a similar situation to Nelson Mandela and locked up for the same amount of time, he would he would come out of prison almost wanting revenge. And, I mean, you've just explained, again, it's almost uh, the, the the amazing approach he, he took after his release. He didn't seem to want any, any, any retribution. So if you think, if your listeners think about it and the grudges that they bear in their life... Um, from trivial things like someone cutting them up in the road when they're out driving or any sorts of trivial things that seem important in the moment um, in which they kind of shout at people that want revenge. I mean, think of Nelson Mandela locked away for over two decades and when he comes out of prison and he has a, the inauguration as president, he invites the prison, his prison guard to his inauguration. Mm. It just 
it's a, it's a, it's a level of behaviour um, that's almost uh, saintly in its patience. And it also did one other thing, or many other things, but one of the things I think is important to say that he defied the modern phenomena, which is that only our heroes die young, and that we often eulogise those who, whose um, potential is taken from them, JFK and others. But here's Nelson Mandela, who enjoyed simultaneously long life and old age, and a universal respect. And in that, he's cl- I think he's close to being unique. Um, and I think that in decades to come, our great-grandchildren will know about Nelson Mandela. They'll know what he achieved. Um, and I think that res- that respect will carry on, I think, through the generations. What was it like growing up as a, as a young boy in South Africa during that time of apartheid? You know, it was a peculiar, it was a peculiar world. Um, we, were, we were kind of lower middle class, but you were... At that time, you, public transport was segregated. The housing areas were segregated. The schools were segregated. You had to learn, it's compulsory to learn the Afrikaner language at school. The church, the established church at the time, the, African, um, the Dutch Reformed Church was, um, if you like, justified apartheid. The school system explained apartheid in terms of being the rationale for it. And it was just, it was all around you. Um, uh, with the majority population were just so disgracefully um, oppressed and marginalised. And one of the things about Nelson Mandela, I don't think people realise that Nelson Mandela was born before the end of the First World War. I just think yeah. all that he has lived through, all that he has seen, and tonight and for years to come, he will influence the way in which people think. From a man who, as I say, while the Allies were still fighting the Western Front, he was born into a rural life in South Africa and achieved all that he did. It's an, he's an astonishing man. And I was reading with interest earlier that uh, in your part of the world, or certainly one of the parts of the world that you represent, Glasgow is the first city to grant him its freedom or of the yeah, city really at the time when he didn't have his own. Well, I'm really proud of that. Um, I know that other... other other small places like London caught up, um, after, uh, belatedly. But I, like Glasgow was the first city on earth to grant Nelson Mandela the freedom of this city. And I know some people might think that's tokenism and everything else, but um, it was a way of this city. And then other cities, Manchester, Leeds, the boroughs in London, um, saying that um, we were with those prisoners who trapped away in Robben Island. And by unusual routes, they got to find out that people in this country were standing up for them. So for those who stood outside South Africa House and Trafalgar Square, those who signed the petitions, those who refused to buy South African fruit and who boycotted South Africa, um, Nelson Mandela's freedom was in some small way down um, um, to your thoughts and your actions. And the other thing to say is that a lot of people say sport and politics don't mix and should never mix. Well, anyone who says that sport and politics don't mix doesn't understand South Africa. I remember being there and listening to people about how much a sporting boycott hurt such a cricket and rugby crazy country. And it was a way in which white South Africans realised how furious the outside world was with them. And Nelson Mandela was the icon of that. He came out of prison and then even reunited the South African rugby springboks, who were previously an icon of apartheid, and he put his shoulder around them 
and cheered for them in the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. An astonishing man. Labour MP for East Renfrewshire, Jim Murphy, talking earlier on this morning to Duncan Barks. Jim grew up in South Africa during apartheid and uh, was giving his opinions there on the death of Nelson Mandela. Uh, flowers and a framed picture of Mr Mandela have appeared at the base of his statue in Parliament Square. People have uh, laid flowers as a tribute to him. One tribute on a card said, Thank you for the sacrifices you made for all of us. And a second read, May God shine light on your homecoming in heaven. There's two heritage wardens. Uh, standing there as the passers-by stop to pay their tributes. And I have no doubt that by, I should imagine, the uh, the flowers will be building up quite considerably throughout the daytime as people wake up to hear the news that Nelson Mandela died yesterday. During the screening of his film, it's just... Uh just absolutely, it's, it's uncanny, having only said on the programme yesterday that I thought that uh, there's lots more years in the, in the old boy yet. It turned out that the baby Jesus and God dis- decided differently on him. Uh, we'll have uh, our morning news programme with Lisa Aziz later on. At the beginning of this programme, you'd uh, already heard Lisa talking about her experiences uh, on sitting in his cell on Robin Island, something which you can, I can only imagine, I'm afraid. You have to be of a certain generation to appreciate just what the legacy of Nelson Mandela uh, is and what he did for the country, the, the effect that he had on people, the profound effect that he had on everybody who met him, people who were touched by this man, who appeared to have no bitterness, no hatred. Everybody knows he was a renegade, everybody knows he was a rebel, everybody knows exactly what he did. But there was no hatred in him. There was no hatred. Every time you met him, he was just a kindly man who wanted to do the best for his country and to live to the age of 95. Somebody up there obviously decided that he had a lot more work to do. And I think that with his passing, and uh, we can't express any surprise in the fact that it's occurred, it's just a shame when something like this happens. It's nice to hear so many really super tributes coming out from people who, uh, who've been touched by this, this fantastic man, and that's why he's on the front page of all the papers today. I think the Mail cover it by saying a colossus has died. He was a colossus. Over in South Africa, the celebrations of his life will continue. We'll cover it here on LBC 97.3. Uh, through with Lisa Aziz and then with Nick Ferrari, and I'm sure that James O'Brien will, will pick up the baton as well. But the time now is 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. We've lost our father, the man who changed world history, Nelson Mandela. We celebrate his uh, life this morning, as he died yesterday at the age of 95. Uh, Of course, the, the one thing that people forget about is he created one of Rugby Union's iconic images at the 95 World Cup. Uh, because he was hailed and has been hailed since for his ability to use sport to unite and inspire. He unforgettably presented, I don't know if you remember, South Africa's rugby union captain, Francois Pinard, with the World Cup in 95 at Ellis Park, Johannesburg. It was the first major sporting event, if I remember, to be staged in South Africa after the 94 democratic elections. And the image of Mandela at the time dressed in a Springbok rugby shirt and cap, handing over the Webb Ellis Trophy, has become one of the most evocative images, I think, in the history of sport. The rugby union chief, Oregon Hoskins, says in a statement, uh, Madiba, that's what they call him, uh, was a true icon of inspiration, and as much as South Africa owes so much to him, so does rugby. 
through, I mean, it's, 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 do you remember the image? I remember the image so vividly. Through his extraordinary vision, he was able to use the 1995 Rugby World Cup as an instrument to help promote nation-building just one year after South Africa's historic first democratic election. Sad day for the country. Rest in peace, Madiba. Condolences to his family and friends. And the uh, Cricket South Africa said on their official Twitter account, R.I.P. Tata Mandela. I don't know if Tata means something different. Is, that fa- is Tata for father? I don't know. I'm not sure what that is, because some people call him uh, Madiba, which I think is his, is his tribal name, and I, then all of a sudden Tata comes in, and I wasn't aware of what Tata meant, unless it means something different in, in South African. And he says, uh, it's because you represented the Proteus team, we can express our talent across the globe. And uh, the one-day international captain, A.B. de Villiers, saluted the legacy of Mandela, tweeting, let us now more than ever stick together as a nation. That's, that's the one thing. That's the one thing people have to do. They have to stick together as a nation and continue the the long struggle which he started all those years ago. In Australia, the hosts and England wore black armbands and observed a minute's silence ahead of the second day of the second Ashes test. Flags will be flown at half-mast. Uh, on the White House, they've loaded already across the whole of South Africa. Uh, it has... Uh, it has been decided that all the flags will fly at half-mast, and I'm assuming that the 10 Downing Street flag will be at half-mast at some point today. Uh, another person who we spoke to on LBC yesterday about the legacy of Nelson Mandela and what it means is the Work and Pensions Secretary, Ian Duncan-Smith. Well, enormously sad, really. Um, I was just at a, a dinner, on these political dinners you speak at, and it's intriguing that when the news came through, um, we announced it, and everybody stood without any bidding for a minute's silence. Um, and that's the kind of effect and reputation he had. I think the reality is it's, it's, it's sad. Um, and also it's, however, filled with memories of a remarkable individual, a remarkable man um, who transcended uh, the normal political hurly-burly. Uh, you know, he could have, when he was released, have got even with people. He could have... Uh, decided that actually he now wanted vengeance of some sort. After all, he'd been 27 years, wrongly imprisoned, held captive. Uh, and yet um, he didn't. What he did is he showed everybody that compassion, forgiveness, and uh, giving people a chance to redeem themselves uh, has a greater effect on future human lives than any kind of anger. And uh, it's a real lesson to us all, really, that at the end of it, at the end of everything, uh, this compassionate and humble individual uh, has completely dominated uh, his time and shown us that you can achieve much more uh, by a handshake than you can by a fist. We uh, recently, uh, or a phrase was recently coined, a conviction politician to, to describe the late Margaret Thatcher, of course. You'd certainly say about Nelson Mandela that he had the uh, confidence of his convictions. Absolutely, you wouldn't doubt it. I mean, a man that goes to prison because he refuses to bow before what he considered to be uh, a wrongful government and with a wrongful policy. Um, it, you don't get uh, a more conviction than that. And But he sat in prison for those years um, and then knew his own mind enough that when he came out, he was clear that he wanted a united South Africa. He wanted a South Africa all... Oh, I'm sorry about that. We uh, we just lost Ian Duncan Smith temporarily. The computer had one of its uh, one of its hissy fits. I'm afraid. Twenty one minutes to six o'clock. Uh, so let's move on with Lord Robin 
Renwick, who is the former UK ambassador to South Africa. We'll be hearing him, uh, from him in, in just one minute's time. The front of the uh, Daily Mirror today, again, it's the tributes, and it's the, the pictures inside which are the most telling. All the people who wanted to meet Nelson Mandela, and they've got a, a montage of the good, the great, the famous and the not-so-famous. You know, ordinary people whose lives he touched, and we'll come round to those in a moment. Lord Robin Renwick uh, told us, as the former UK ambassador to South Africa, that Nelson Mandela's legacy will be reconciliation. This is a desperately sad day for everybody. Um, we all knew that how frail and ill he has been for the last two years. But this was a truly great unifying figure. Uh, what Nelson Mandela was all about was reconciliation. And his fundamental belief was that he must help to overcome the differences between white South Africans and black South Africans and form a truly unified country. And he spent his entire life, instead of fighting with his political opponents, trying to win over his political opponents. And in the end, he succeeded not only in his own country... Uh, but in setting an example worldwide. So to say that he will be very sadly missed is a great understatement. It, it is a difficult legacy in the sense that it is very hard for people to match what he did, what he stood for, the sacrifices he made, the magnanimity he showed, and his extraordinary charisma and personal qualities. Um, he's always, as a result tends to be depicted these days as some kind of latter-day saint. He was much more interesting than that. Um, he had many saintly characteristics, forgiving his opponents, but he, he, he also was the most incredibly astute politician you could possibly help to, hope, to, hope to meet. I mean, his whole tactics uh, instinctively were, and always were, to win his opponents over to his side. Lord uh, Robin Renwick there, reminiscing on Nelson Mandela. Looking at the pictures inside the paper today, they've done a, a little montage of... Ev everybody wanted to meet Nelson Mandela. Everybody, and so there's a list... Of, I mean, everybody from... And it was as diverse as this. Princess Diana to Michael Jackson and all ports in between. And uh, Charlize Theron, uh, Muhammad Ali was there as well. That looks uh, very much like a, He met the Spice Girls. you remember he met the Spice Girls? I remember seeing these bizarre pictures on the television of these people. And uh, David Beckham paid a call to him in 2003. He met the Queen at Buckingham Palace. Uh, he also met Tony Blair in Scotland. They went strongly. And he met the Pope, of course. He met uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, his, his scrapbook must have been absolutely fantastic because he had the whole world... In his hands, and one of the strangest visits was the one I mentioned earlier on, and the papers have picked up on it, was when the ground force team <laughs> turned up. I'm not sure whether Nelson Mandela even knew who the ground force team were, and that was in, in the Transkei. I had some friends of mine who used to work on a radio station in the Transkei. It was uh, set up there many, many years ago. Anyway, they all arrived, Titchmarsh et al. Uh, and Charlie Dimmock. But he did say to Charlie Dimmock, he said, you look like a Spice Girl. I wasn't really sure whether that was a compliment or not for poor old Charlie Dimmock. But uh, he was freed from prison 23 years ago. And since he came out, everybody but everybody's wanted to be touched by this man. Uh, in the film Invictus, I don't know if you remember the film, it starred Morgan Freeman, the great Hollywood actor. The story is based around the 1995 Rugby World Cup in South Africa following the dismantling of apartheid. Morgan Freeman spoke 
to LBC 97.3's Kevin Hughes at the time the film was released. I don't think that I can sit here and say there is something I want audiences to know about Madiba. I think audiences already know what they want to know about Madiba. You know, his life story is out there. It doesn't, this movie doesn't give you his life story at all. Everybody knows it. Um, so it wasn't, it's not that. I can't say that. I, I want you to, to know this about him. Uh, what is to me germane in terms of this film is the, um, the picture you get of him uh, throughout. Uh, you, you get a sense of his statesmanship, his, uh, his generosity, his compassion. Uh, I say statesmanship because you know, when, he was, when he first comes into uh, his office and he sees all of the whites getting ready to leave, and he calls them all into uh, his office and says, look, if you're leaving because you think that it, your, your color is going to change something here, don't. That's not it at all. You know? And if you think you can work with us, we need you. Well, you know, who's going to leave after that? Right? Exactly. Um, his, uh, his compassion uh, let me try, now I'm trying to think of an instance where you see that. Uh, but uh, when he tells uh, Jason, one of his, one of his um, uh, security men, you know, when he hired the guys from the special branch, you know, and he, was, he would make them very angry. These guys were trying to kill us. He says, yes, I know, but you needed more men. And these men are very well trained. So we have to forgive. And it starts here. The great American actor Morgan Freeman talking about Nelson Mandela and the film as well, Invictus. Invictus, I beg your pardon. Quarter to six is the time. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Tears around the world at the death of Nelson Mandela. We've discovered that Tata is father, which is precisely what I thought it was in the, in the first place. And, of course, Madiba as they called him, was his clan name, his tribe name. Do you know that he was the, the first member of his family ever to be educated after his mother converted to Methodism? And how did he get the name Nelson? Well, believe it or not, believe it or not, uh, the, in the, at the mission school where he was sent, pupils were renamed after British imperial heroes. So they put all these names in a hat and they pulled a name out and the one that he got was Admiral Nelson, hence Nelson Mandela. It's as simple as that. It's no more complicated. But after witnessing the brutality of racial segregation in Johannesburg, the trainee lawyer took the first tentative step to becoming a historical figure of even greater stature than his namesake. In 1944, he helped launch the Youth League of the African National Congress, the ANC, soon becoming the head of an organisation whose prime aim was to dismantle apartheid. Originally inspired by the teachings of Mahatma Gandhi, and committed to non-violent activism, Mandela changed his mind after the Sharpeville massacre when police gunned down 69 peaceful black South African protesters. And that was the, the making of, uh, of such a great man. Most people will remember the awful pictures of the Sharpeville massacre, a load of people who were protesting and the police just cut them down. He went from political prisoner to a statesman who inspired the whole world. Ray White is the overnight news editor for Eyewitness News. He spoke to Duncan Barks this morning, live from Johannesburg, and told LBC 97.3 about the outpouring of emotion in South Africa. 
It's been quite a day or quite an evening for us. Um, it's been quite a bit of shock as well. We didn't expect it to happen. We have known over the past couple of months that former President Nelson Mandela has been very ill. He was, um, he was taken out of hospital about a month or so ago and taken home, but he has been on life support. The problem is the information hasn't been that forthcoming. There have been all sorts of rumors and things like that, and uh, very often our reporters have gone down to his house and home and spoken to the family, but to Tonight at uh, 10 minutes to 9 o'clock, uh, we, uh, we actually received the news that he had passed away at 10 minutes to 9 o'clock. The president, Jacob Zuma, going on air and addressing the nation. The mood is very somber. People are flocking, just, uh, sort of gathering outside his house in Houghton. Of course, the family haven't said anything, but uh, so far, the nation, South Africa, we're in absolute shock. And what are politicians in Johannesburg and in South Africa saying this morning? It's a general consensus, and what happened after 1994, there was this unity in South Africa, and that was, that was created by Madiba. We call it Madiba magic in this country. And from the opposition to all the different smaller parties to the ruling ANC, everyone sort of expressing their condolences. And I'll say one thing. This just shows how the nation has been unified by one man. Even in his death, all the messages coming through the tributes pouring in about former President Nelson Mandela, it's, it's actually quite something. The phone hasn't stopped buzzing from around the world, from our Democratic Party to uh, the Democratic Alliance, to the ruling ANC, to the UDM, to COPE, to all the different parties. Of course, we have an election next year, and things have been quite heated up until now. But tonight, just for tonight, everybody is saying one thing we're going to miss him very much now you're a journalist in johannesburg you've been working in the news industry for for many many years what's your one particular thought or or story regarding nelson mandela that comes to your mind I'll never forget, about about 10 years ago, I was working for a music radio station, and uh, Madiba was supposed to come and do an interview, and he was running a little bit late, so all the PR people rushed forward and said to him, sorry, sir, Mr. Mandela, can you please come on through to the studio, to which he said, no, I'm talking to the children. I will come when I am ready. And nobody second-guessed him. They all stood back. He carried on chatting to the kids there. He then came into the radio station. He put my headphones on, and I began speaking to him. That was one of the fondest memories I had. And he had a big smile on his face. And he said, right, now we can do the interview. It's very interesting you say that, because I've been talking to a number of people over the last couple of hours, including people who have met him, and they said exactly the same thing. He always had time for children, and he would actually put them first. Whatever social function or charity event, it was like he, he zoned in on the children. And for them, they were almost more important than the dignitaries, and they were his focus in many ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was the great thing about him. He, he kind of paid attention to the most important things. And I'll never forget that day. And afterwards, we got together and we've, uh, I've got a, a, a massive photograph on my study wall of Madiba standing there with me. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. Absolutely never forget it. My final question has to be, and I mentioned this a few moments ago, I went to South Africa House in Trafalgar Square uh, about a, an hour ago ju- just to meet some of the people who are, are starting to gather there. And I think I get the sense there'll be a, a few people overnight in, in a form of a, a vigil, but plenty of candles have been lit, flowers as well. And I was, I was talking to a number of people uh, about Nelson Mandela and what he meant to them. Um, you mentioned a few moments ago that people are starting or are gathering at the family's house. Are you seeing other, um, other symbols of people's grief or indeed gatherings in other parts of Johannesburg or South Africa? 
So far, it's very quiet. Only outside his house. This morning, big things are going to happen, I'm sure. What has happened outside his house and house, though, people for many months now have been putting stones and writing little messages on their stones, putting cards there, putting flowers. And I think this morning that is going to be absolutely huge. I know that his funeral has been planned for Kunu, which is a, a place in the Eastern Cape where he grew up in the rural area there. He wants to be laid to rest there with the rest of his family. So I think over the next 48 hours, it will become more apparent exactly what the funeral arrangements are but I know as soon as the sun comes up this morning people get into their cars and switch on their radios they will know that they'll hear the news of that uh, former President Nelson Mandela has indeed passed away Ray White, the overnight news editor for Eyewitness News talking to Duncan Barks this morning on LBC Live from Johannesburg Uh, Tributes are flooding in around the world after it was announced that the first black president had died. Uh, Our nation, says the president, Jacob Zuma, in a television address, has lost its greatest son. What made Nelson Mandela great was precisely what made him human. We saw in him what we seek in ourselves. A law student turned freedom fighter. His battle to end the system of apartheid that tore apart his nation led to his incarceration in that tiny cell in the infamous Robin Island Jail, which I'm sure Lisa Aziz will be talking about again this morning. She's with you at half past six. He was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 93 and was elected South Africa's first black president the following year. Jesse Jackson said on LBC, Mr Mandela's imprint would be everlasting. My heart weighs heavy, he said. He's been in the UK this week and speaking to students in Cambridge on Monday. The imprint he left on our world is everlasting. And let's hear now from Ban Ki-moon. UN Secretary General. We've heard from Barack Obama, from Jacob Zuma and David Cameron in our news bulletin. So here is Ban Ki-moon on the death of Nelson Mandela. Africa and many countries in the world during last century and many centuries before uh, have suffered uh, from this uh, colonial rule and uh, abuse and violation of human rights and human dignity. Only because of uh, such a great man like uh, Nelson Mandela uh, it's possible that the particular people in uh, Africa and elsewhere are able to enjoy freedom and human dignity. But I'm still uh, very much humbled if we think the current state of the world, where uh, still many people, particularly uh, vulnerable group of people, women and girls, particularly in conflict areas, uh, whose human rights uh, are totally abused and violated. We have to learn the wisdom and determinations and commitment from of uh, President Mandela uh, to make this world a better form. Uh, that's, that is why I really wanted to uh, uh, express my deepest admi- admiration and respect uh, uh, to President Mandela and people of uh, South Africa. Ban Ki-moon, the UN Secretary-General, talking about the loss of Nelson Mandela, who, who had so many quotes that people used of him. One of my favourites is, for to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. This is LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. We have the news at six with you in a moment on the day that it was announced that Nelson Mandela has died. More, the other side of the news, which is next. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 
Morning, everybody. A slightly different programme this morning, as you probably gathered. But uh, uh, we'll be back to normal later next week, I think. Uh, no free podcast for you up today. Uh, instead, we reflect on the, the life of a man who touched so many people. The LBC website, lbc.co.uk, has got lots of coverage of Nelson Mandela. We've got uh, numerous uh, pages you can go to, the moments that made Nelson Mandela great. Uh, the obituary of an icon, the world leader's reaction to Nelson Mandela's death, of which you've heard many on the programme this morning, and also Nelson Mandela, a time life of his work. It's on lbc.co.uk. More facts and figures coming up now, but as you, if you've just woken up, and there might be some of you have just woken up and just missed the fact that Nelson Mandela has passed away at his home, where he wanted to be, he was 95 last night, during the showing of his film, the premiere last night in Leicester Square, which uh, one of his children was actually present at. They decided to hold off the news of his death until the end of the movie, and then a lot of people left the cinema in tears. He had been ill for some time, as you know. LBC 97.3's political editor Tom Cheel looks back on his life. An icon in his lifetime. He was the defining figure of South Africa's struggle. Nelson Mandela... Proof that one man could change the course of history. Never, never, and never again shall it be that this beautiful land will again experience the oppression of one by another. In the South Africa of Mandela's youth, apartheid meant he was a second-class citizen, segregated from his white neighbours. To fight against the injustice he saw around him, he became a lawyer, joining the African National Congress in 1944, first as an activist, then as the founder and president of the ANC Youth League. His campaigning led to being charged with high treason, along with 155 other activists. After a four-year trial, the charges were dropped, but he remained a thorn in the establishment's side. Resistance to apartheid grew, and in 1960, the ANC was outlawed. Later that year, thousands of black South Africans protested at Sharpville Police Station. 69 were killed. The massacre convinced Nelson Mandela that the time for passive resistance was over. There are many people who feel that it is useless and futile for us to continue talking peace and non-violence against a government whose reply is only savage attacks. He led a bombing campaign against government targets and was eventually arrested and charged with sabotage and attempting to violently overthrow the government. His sentence? Life imprisonment. Later, as a free man, he revisited Robin Island, the prison where he was held for 18 of his 27 years in captivity. I didn't notice that uh, it was so small, you know, because uh, you had your bed here, and as I say, uh, it was almost a little about three quarters big, big in relation to this. If the apartheid government expected Nelson Mandela to fade to obscurity, though, they were mistaken as he galvanised support worldwide for his fight against the white minority rule. Throughout the 70s and 80s, violence spread throughout South Africa, and from his prison cell he became the global face of the anti-apartheid cause. The international community was united in calling for his release. And on the 11th of February 1990, that day came. After 27 years, Nelson Mandela walked to freedom. I stand here 
before you, not as a prophet, but as a humble servant of you, the people. Your tireless and heroic sacrifices have made it possible for me to be here today. Archbishop Desmond Tutu says after 27 years, he was a changed man. He went to jail as a, as a fairly young, angry person. Uh, and remember, he was, the, he was the head of the armed section uh, of the ANC. Uh, and, and he needed that time in prison to mellow. Both black and white South Africans looked to his leadership to bring an end to apartheid. And in 1994, after the country's first multiracial vote, Nelson Mandela became South Africa's president. This is, for all South Africans, an unforgettable occasion. It is the realization of uh, hopes and dreams that uh, we have cherished over decades. Trying to heal divisions, he reached out to his enemies and the last apartheid president, F.W. de Klerk, whose decision it was to release him. We were sparring, we were trying to, to, to give a knockout to the other one party, politically speaking, and at the end he took my hand and said, we need to work together. Over many weeks, the framework was laid out for the new country's constitution. Both men received the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition of their roles in putting South Africa on the path to democracy. In June 1999, Mandela became more of a figurehead when he relinquished power to his successor, Thabo Mbeki. He said he planned to enjoy the freedom it had taken a lifetime to achieve. But in reality, he embarked on a new life of international diplomacy, mediating on wars and conflicts across Africa, campaigning against HIV-AIDS and helping to secure his country's right to host the 2010 Football World Cup. In 2007, a statue of Nelson Mandela had been erected in Parliament Square, and the world's most revered statesman was there to see it. When Oliver Tambo and I visited Westminster Abbey in Parliament Square in 1962, we have joked that we hope that one day a statue of a black person would be erected here. We trust that the statue will be a reminder of heroes and heroines uh, past, as well as an inspiration for continuing struggle against injustice. After a long period of illness, Nelson Mandela spent his final days in the embrace of his extended family in his beloved South Africa, the country he led to democracy. LBC's political editor Tom Cheel looking back at the life of Nelson Mandela. The morning timetable I gave you earlier on, but for those people who've missed it, this is, this is how it's going to be for ten days. It'll be ten days of mourning. All the flags in South Africa will fly at half-mast. The body will be moved to a military hospital in Pretoria. For what reason, I have no idea. 
There'll be a special parliamentary session in Cape Town. They will open up the condolence books nationally and internationally. I'm sure that there'll be uh, one here opened at the embassy as well. They're going to have a memorial service at the FNB Stadium in Soweto. The body will not be there. It will just be a memorial service. Uh, It's a service, they say, for the people. Uh, The lying in state will be the union building in Pretoria on day five to seven. There'll be two days of lying in state. And then the first heads of state will start arriving in the country. Uh, Then the airbase in Pretoria. Then Mandela House for overnight uh, vigils. And the burial will be at the Mandela compound for 450 invited guests. But it will be televised and you will see it. And we will cover it here on LBC 97.3. It's 14 minutes past six. 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 6.20 is the time. Uh, The legacy of what Nelson Mandela started all those years ago is celebrated in the papers today. We'll run through the front pages for you very, very shortly. But when the news broke last night, it was at the end of Clive Bull's programme. Anthony Davis uh, then carried on and Duncan Barks uh, went out onto the streets of London. In fact, just down here to the South African High Commission, where for so many years there were the demonstrations being held to free Nelson Mandela. I passed it on a regular basis. They suffered a lot of uh, abuse down there. The people, people shouted and swore at them. It was, it was not a good time, I'm afraid. So when Duncan went down yesterday, more people had gathered, fans of Nelson Mandela. They gathered to pay their respects to a man that they obviously greatly admired. <laughs> I came down here to South Africa House and you were singing away. What inspired you to come down? Um, we just came back from the square down there. I can't remember the name of the university. We were representing South Africa. As you can see, I've got my luggage with me. There's all South African gear. And um, there were all different countries with all different um, nationalities. So we were part of South Africa. We did the singing there, the dancing there, whilst the premiere was going on. So on our way back, we were then dropped down here. But as soon as we finished, got off the stage and put on our phones, that's when we got the messages that uh, that day is gone. So um, we just decided to come and, you know, say a few songs and uh, put on candles and just really celebrate his life because he did so much and he's our, he's our rock. Yeah. He's our father. And, and what do you think, his, for you, his lasting legacy will be? <sighs> Freedom. For me to be here. Yeah. For me to be speaking to you or speaking to any other fellow person, white person, black, Indian, coloured, whatever, that is what he left us. The freedom to go anywhere, to be welcome and to be recognised and to be united as different colours but one nation. Just tell me why you've decided to come down to South Africa House right now and pay your respects. Uh, Well, we came here in the 80s against apartheid. Uh, We came here when he was released. So we're here now that he's gone. What does Nelson Mandela, what did he mean to you? I mean, you came here in the 80s, you come, you come back down here today, you made a physical effort to come here. Yeah. How did he inspire you? Uh, if you grow up black like me, uh, 
then you know that um, you know there are these battles. Um, he, uh, well, he stopped a lot of blood being shed, and that's huge. And uh, he did it in a way that inspired and um, I don't know, sort of extended a, a, a hope that there are better ways forward. And for you, what do you think his lasting legacy will be? There are ways to change the world which are quiet and peaceful and thoughtful um, that don't involve violence or um, hatred. And I think that will always be part of who he is. Well, uh, my thought is, uh, actually I was in a, in a meeting uh, outside of London and uh, my phone was off the whole day. And when I arrived in uh, Victoria, I just opened my uh, phone to hear the news. First thing I had from Jazeera was the death of Honorable Mandela. And I couldn't believe it, but I was just, again, I listened, and I, then I was reading the uh, newspaper uh, headline. I was so shocked. But at the same time, and I said, God rest him in peace, and he has given a lot to the world, and he has taught us and taught the nation how one can end the struggle without any bloodshed and in a very, very sophisticated and honorable way. So he means a lot to the African nation, to the whole world. He's a man for everyone, and he's a man for justice. Duncan Barks uh, down at the South African High Commission, just down the road here in Trafalgar Square. Very interesting when he said to that that one lady. So what? So what? What? What is his legacy? She said, "This, this, me being able to talk to you like this, me, a black woman being able to talk to you, a white person." I mean, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Nick Ferrari uh, will be continuing with the uh, tributes and getting reaction from around the world at 7 o'clock this morning. Lisa Aziz will no doubt, as you've already heard from her on this programme, be recounting her experiences of meeting Nelson Mandela, uh, which, you know, sounded absolutely amazing. And she sat in his prison cell, this tiny little cell on uh, Robin Island. Tom Cheel, LBC's political editor, will be in the studio with Nick Ferrari this morning. That's all from 7 o'clock. We, the reason we uh, quite clearly had a different programme this morning is because of the death of Nelson Mandela. We will be on Sunday morning back with In Conversation and the best of Steve Allen. The In Conversation this week uh, is the fantastic Daniel Radcliffe and Il Devo will be previewing their latest album as well. A lively chat with all concerned. That's Sunday morning from 5 on LBC 97.3. On the LBC website, if you've missed anything uh, on the programme this morning and want to rehear it again, you can go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. There's all the uh, special pages devoted to Nelson Mandela and the LBC app, which you can download, which means that once we publish a programme, it will send it straight to your phone. You get a free podcast from a number of programmes and then there's the paid-for podcast, which is the programme, minus the adverts and the travel and all the other little bits and pieces. That's all available on lbc.co.uk. Let me finish this morning by running through the front pages of the papers. Not all of them cover the death of Nelson Mandela. The, uh, the Daily Telegraph, early editions, no mention of Nelson on the front page, neither on the front of the Express or the Daily Star. The Daily Express run with the storms which were wreaking havoc the other day and battering the country with 142-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, the Sun, farewell to Nelson. They've got a picture of him uh, when he was a freedom fighter back in 1962. and he spent 27 years... In prison, and they've said here the anti-apartheid warrior loses his final 
battle tributes inside the sun this morning. In the mirror, the same picture, Nelson Mandela, 1918 to 2013, the world mourning. He died at home, which is where he wanted to be, aged 95. The Times have that fantastic quote, no one is born hating another person because of the colour of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate... They can be taught to love, for love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. The Daily Mail have uh, the best headline for me, Death of a Colossus. He was a colossus, a giant who taught the world the meaning of forgiveness, dead at the age of 95. And uh, hopefully on our, on, our, um, on our best of, we'll have that letter which was sent in by Bryn and Annie, who were lucky enough to spend 15 minutes alone with Nelson Mandela when he came over to the country just weeks after being allowed out of prison. And they got to spend 15 minutes sitting with him. Uh, the Daily Telegraph looking at the killer gales and the floods which are battering Britain. Thank you for your company this morning. Uh, this programme is downloadable. Go to lbc.co.uk. Just one more of Nelson Mandela's quotes. He says, I'm fundamentally an optimist. Whether that comes from nature or nurture, I cannot say. Part of being optimistic is keeping one's head pointed towards the sun, one's feet moving forward. There were many dark moments when my faith in humanity was sorely tested, but I would not and could not give myself up to despair. That way lays defeat and death. Thank you for your company. Lisa Aziz is next with the morning news on LBC.